Let's get out to the Sprint Special Guest line where you can get uh, the $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, making his weekly appearance on the show, former Cougar quarterback Tanner Mangum with us on the big show. Hi, Tanner. How are you? <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm doing well. Thank you. Doing better than our boy Gordon, who's uh, sorry he's not here. He's a little under the weather. Uh, I know. Poor guy. I hope he can uh, recover soon. I talked to him today, and hoping and hoping that uh, hoping that it doesn't get passed on to me at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I talked to him today. He said he he felt like he'd turned the corner. So we've got our our fingers crossed for our boy Gordo. Uh, but Tanner, weigh weigh in on this discussion. We're talking about the decision BYU has to make between Romney, who who won the game, uh, and Jaron Hall, who was the second string and played pretty well against South Florida, but uh, went out with a concussion. How do you kind of look at what's going on in the decision they have to make down there this week? It's a tough little dilemma because, just as you mentioned, Baylor played well and they, they beat Boise State, and he, and he and he did a great job stepping into a tough situation. And one could argue that maybe you just keep things rolling the way they were and you keep the momentum going. But I feel like you need to start Jaron. I, I feel like you look at his body of work. He he earned the backup position in spring ball when Zach was out and, and Jaron was getting all the reps at the ones. He showed that he was. Then the, the sure number two, and same as Paul Camp, and then even against USF, he played well. He did some good things with his feet. He created plays, and and I, and I think everything that Baylor did, as great as he played, and I've been very vocal about how great Baylor did, and how proud I am of him. As great as he did, it wasn't anything that Jaron couldn't have done as well. I think you give Jaron that kind of play calling, you give Jaron that kind of game plan uh, with the with the balance of the run and the pass, and then the trick plays. I, I think Jaron can do just as well. And, and so if, if it's up to me, I'm giving the ball to Jaron and then letting him go and, and do his thing. You know, you, you would know better than either one of us the difference between playing 7-on-7 seven seven and then going 11-on-11 11 11 in practice where you can't be hit and then what it's like when you can be hit and the lights are on and the cameras are on and the crowd is roaring. But Kyle Winningham was just talking today about Jason Shelley is much better in games than he is in practices. And he was the clear number two, and now he's in a battle for number two. But he's helped himself out with his game performances, although Kyle said they still don't match the practice performances. Um, how much do you think that might be a factor with Romney coming in? And is he one of those guys, you're probably not old enough to remember Ryan Hancock playing, but you probably know him, or know of him anyway, if you don't know him personally. And he, I heard the BYU coaches at the time say he was another guy who was better when the lights were on and the adrenaline was pumping. Do you think that's a factor? Well, listening to Jeff Grimes in his interview in the coordinator's corner on BYU TV, he, he talks about how oftentimes you never know how a guy is going to do under those lights. A guy can, can look one way in practice and look completely different in a game, for better or for worse. And for Baylor, they didn't know how he, how he was going to perform under those lights. He hasn't played since high school, and, and sometimes it's, it's a total toss-up. But he went out there with poise, with was cool, calm, and collected, and the situation wasn't too big for him, which is great to see. But also, Jaron did the same. Jaron Hall went out there, and the, the, the lights weren't too big for him. And, and, and so I think it, it's, it, it, it's a good problem to have because it means you have depth. It means you have talent. And it means you have versatility in that, in that quarterback room. But I think, uh, just, you know, just as you talked about, it, it, some guys play different in practice than they do in games, and I think we also have to take that in consideration that we haven't seen how those two are performing in practice. 
And so we can analyze all we want and give our predictions or our ideas of what they should do. But at the end of the day, we don't see how Jaron and Baylor are performing in practice. And the coaches at the end of the day will make the decision on who they think will handle that, 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 that pressure and those lights better. Tanner, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Jordan Love up there in Logan? The production is much lower than a lot of us expected going into the season, and I'm not sure exactly how much Utah State football you've uh, been able to consume this year, but do you have any thoughts on on Jordan and what's happening up there in Logan? Well, a quarterback really, in a lot of ways, is only as good as a supporting staff around him, and and it's a supporting cast, should I say. You know, last year, Utah State as a whole, they had a lot of talent. They had, they, they had a couple guys go to the NFL. They uh, had a lot of seniors. They had a lot of uh, guys with a lot of game experience, and they're a little bit younger this year on both sides of the ball. And, and the offense and the defense, they feed off of each other. So if the defense isn't playing as well, uh, that, that, that puts the offense in, in, in tough spots and then vice versa. The offense doesn't play as well, that puts the defense in tough spots. And so then it, it can create this unhealthy cycle, if you will. But Jordan Love, as, as an individual talent, is very capable. I think he's NFL worthy. I think he's got NFL type uh, mechanics and, and he's, he's a great player. But it's tough when, when, you, when you don't have the best supporting staff around you, it, it can be tough to overcome uh, those holes that they, that they can get into. But that being said, I'm just as surprised as you are. I thought that the production would be better. I thought they would uh, continue with their momentum from last year. And uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back this week. You know, Air Force, uh, granted, who has played a lot better, they're 6-2. and two. That's still a tough loss, though. And so that combination of a tough kind of eye-opening loss with the rivalry week, I expect Utah State to really play hard and, and prepare hard this week to be uh, to be ready to go for that challenge against BYU and Logan. You know the numbers for BYU defensively against the run. It's been a problem. It's gotten better lately, but it's been a problem. And Utah State certainly has had some success running the ball this year. How much are you worried about that? Oh, I, I think uh, very worried. And I think every every BYU coach is worried about that as well. That's something that they've really had to address. And I think they, they really try to make some differences uh, in their scheme against uh, Boise State. And, and it showed. And I think they also just they played with more energy. Yeah, and it's, so that's going to be a storyline to look at is, is how does BYU make those adjustments uh, this Saturday because that's kind of been one of their big Achilles heels this year is, is their run defense. And it's, it's been on a downward trend the last three years. And so, yes, there's a lot of concern, a lot of criticism going, out, going around. Um, there's a lot of reasons for it. I think there's, some, there's been some crucial injuries that have really limited the Cougars on defense. Uh, talent-wise, and then I think uh, just certain schemes that they've had to adjust. But I think if, if BYU is going to have a shot against Utah State, they're going to have to have the type of game that they just had against Boise State. Tanner, talk about the evolution of this rivalry with BYU and Utah State. Now the Aggies have have won two in a row. Back when I started in this business in the early 2000s, of course, the conversation was, oh, BYU doesn't consider Utah State a rival. They're so above them, and it certainly has evolved. And now it's one of the games I look forward to the most for BYU during the Independence era. Can you talk about the evolution of kind of the rivalry? Absolutely. I think Utah State, credit, credit goes to them for really – kind of taking on this new identity. I think a lot of it has to do maybe with Gary Anderson and the job that he's done there in, in, in both of his stints there, and also Matt Wells. But 
that team plays with a lot of confidence. They play with a lot of swagger. In a way, they play with a chip on their shoulder, like their whole team has a giant chip on their shoulder because maybe they're tired of looking, of, of, of being considered the little brother of everyone else looking down on them, being the number three school in, in, in Utah, behind BYU in Utah. But to their credit, they are, uh, these last, especially these last two seasons, they've come out ready to play. They've been prepared. They've played really with a sense of ferocity and passion that, that, I, that wasn't there before and, and really taken it to BYU. And, and they take a lot of pride in that wagon wheel. And I think BYU maybe uh, hasn't. In, in years past, in these recent years, they haven't had that same amount of passion or that, uh, that energy that Utah State has. And uh, I mean, I remember playing there in 2015. Uh, you know, snow snow banks surrounding the, the bleachers. It was a cold game in November, and it was a pretty pretty close game until the second half. But then, ever uh, you know, the next time we went to Logan, it was a completely different team in 2017. And then they won that game, and they sprinted to the wagon wheel to, to take that to, to take it back to to, to Logan uh, to keep it there with them. And it just looked like two completely different teams. And then same with last year. The way they stopped our team last year, the way they played, but it was just you know they've really made a turn as a program. I think to try and take the next. Definitely no longer someone that uh, can be considered maybe like an, an easy win or anything like that. It, it, it's, it's the opposite. They're a tough opponent. They're a, they're a well coached team, and uh, BYU is going to have their hands full once again. So. When you go through a bye week the way BYU has, what can you change, what can you fix from the health of individual players to going back over video, fundamentals, schemes, picking your favorite place? How much better can you make your team given that extra week? Well, I think first and foremost, the health. Uh, you know, BYU has had a lot of injuries to, to, uh, you know, to across the board in each position group. And so it's always good for a team to – Get healthy and give their players more time. Cover. Same time, Boise State. You know they they they, sh- they should be playing with a lot more confidence now. Hopefully, the coaching staff can learn from the success that they saw against BSU, and and they can uh, figure out okay what's working. Uh, you know we're we're beyond the halfway point now. What's our identity? What works for us and what doesn't? The bye week gives you time to watch that film, to self scout, and to figure out what your tendencies are and then what what your strengths are. And, and, I, and I think it's going to be good for, for BYU because it's going to allow them opportunities to make game plan adjustments on uh, defense and, and, and offensively as well. It's going to give them time to maybe put in a few more wrinkles, uh, you know, maybe throw in a, a couple of trick plays here and there, kind of like they did against Boise State. You know, those are products of having a little bit extra time to think about uh, what trick plays can we implement to take advantage of a weakness or a tendency of our opponent. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see one or two more of uh, Coach Grimes and Coach Roderick Sleeves uh, this Saturday. Tanner, based on some conversation on uh, Twitter last week, it seems like uh, you were a little grumpy when you played at BYU when you got bumped by the intramurals, huh? I know. I might have started a little bit of a firestorm on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, my, my whole point in, in sharing that experience was, was not to, to, to gripe about you know, what happened to me personally. I was just trying to highlight an example of a difference between BYU's program and a Power 5 program. Because I, I wouldn't imagine Tua uh, or Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts going to their indoor facility and getting kicked out by the, uh, by the soccer class or the, or the, uh, or the premier. It, it kind of a, uh, 
I guess, you know, my, my mentions all of a sudden skyrocketed on of uh, a view of you maybe not putting the most uh, I guess investment into their into their athletic program so a second indoor facility on the old Provo High campus that's what I'm hearing you say am I right hey I mean whatever it takes <laughs> if you want to you know if you want to take advantage of that new space that, that'd be great but I just think uh, you know if, if I'm a you know a, a member of the BYU program, and, and we have these expectations of being a successful, maybe you know joining a Power Five conference. Then there needs to be some changes made systemically to 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 support the team to help reach those expectations. We, you can't have Power Five goals on a Mountain Mountain West budget. It's not sustainable. Sure, you might get some big wins every now and then, but you're not going to be consistently successful. And it's going to take some uh, some revamping. And some extra added revenue and resources uh, to help BYU be as successful as they want them to be. Tanner, hey, thank you so much. Always a highlight of the week. We appreciate you jumping on. Enjoy the rivalry game this weekend, man. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. Tanner Bingham, former Cougar quarterback. We'll have more coming up next on The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.